The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. It's all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like being a bad friend, mm. being together for better or for worse, and dating with boundaries and expectations. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Which is what we talk about every week. It's but the I manifestation it <laughs> of our maturity. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, but before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we're not licensed to do this. We right. have no education that pertains to helping people whatsoever. Right. But we're just good at reading books. Yeah. And, <laughs> and going to therapy. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Not... Just got done with my therapy appointment an and hour ago. I, so I like... was going to share. I know. Don't you love it? It's like Saturday therapy and then recording. Uh, just yeah. kidding. We record this the... Way in advance, guys. <laughs> um, I want to add to that little tangent before we finish this intro. Accountability time. I started seeing a new therapist. Finally. Go, Sierra. Everyone applaud. <laughs> Yay. Thank you, Sam. 
you're, you're welcome. No okay. one else is going to applaud right now because no, no, no. <laughs> it's just me. We're speaking into the void. Um, That's right. Uh, but, you know, on that note, we see therapists. We are not therapists. We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. So please take Sam and I's advice as you see fit and with like a grain or a pound of salt. Mm. <laughs> we are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. So, guess what, Sam? What? Everyone who is listening to this episode right now is listening on Spotify. Oh my God, we're officially exclusive. We're officially, doors are closed. They put a ring on it, metaphorically, you know. That's right. We are we are in a monogamous relationship with Spotify. <laughs> I wonder how long we're going to just, like, rail <laughs> that monogamy joke into the fucking ground. Um, uh, anyway, Sam and I just want to say, again, for, like, the 80th time, but probably for another 20 times at least, how incredibly grateful we are for you all to, to make this big transition with us over to Spotify because um, today is the first day of this um, great tra- uh, great partnership that we are starting with Spotify. All of our episodes and back episodes will now be found exclusively on Spotify. And Sam and I are really excited about this. Um, it guarantees, you know, um, a, a sustainable future for our podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And <clears throat> we are so grateful for the love and support that came pouring out from our wonderful head and heart workers are just breakup listeners um and we know that you listening right now you did that um you made that effort for us so thank you for following us here we are we're very very grateful absolutely it's exciting to be doing it yeah and it's exciting to share a podcast network with uh michelle obama oh my god and Brene brown <laughs> right um <laughs> uh, it's also like you know the this podcast that I talked about a long time ago called The Two Princes, which is like a, yes. a story about gay princes. Oh like God, a fantasy lo- story about I gay princes. I love that out of out of out of context. I love that. You know, it's like about yeah. two gay princes. <laughs> two gay princes. It's like a fantasy story. It's fine. Um but when I moved over to Spotify, found out that they had released a whole second season on <gasps> Spotify that was exclusive to Spotify. And so now I get to listen to that, which is super Yay. exciting. So <laughs> Love that. Um, love that for you and us and all of I our know, listeners. I know, right? <laughs> I know. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Let's dive into our first Spotify exclusive check-in topic. <laughs> okay. okay. That's the last time. We're right? done now. No, no, that's I'm done time. with that one. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> Are you ready for our first three Spotify exclusive letters? <laughs> Are you ready for the first Spotify exclusive time that Sierra mispronounces or doesn't understand what the word that she's using? It's just milestone after milestone. From yes. Here on out. Okay. Um, uh, the check-in topic, y'all. Um, small tangent. We get so many letters from you all and so many DMs from you all. And we do try to, like, obviously, we can only answer three letters a week. Um, but we are reading all of them and our DMs. We can only read as many as humanly possible because we're not robots <laughs> yet. Um, and we can't respond to all of them. So I just wanted to say that because I want to make sure you guys feel heard and loved or whatever. Um, but on that note... Um, Somebody DM'd us a check-in topic, and I remember I responded because I thought it was really cute, but I 
couldn't find the original message. So sorry to this person mm-hmm. out there. Uh, the DM message, like if summarizing from my distant memory, was something like, um, you know, you and I, Sam, always talk about the abundance of the universe and like doing that head and heart work to trust that the universe has our back, that it will provide for us an abundant amount of opportunity and love and et cetera. And the DM was basically like, yes, did that head and heart work. Um, you know, started believing in the abundance of the universe, went on a bunch of dating apps, and now, or like one, I don't remember, and now the universe is too abundant, Sam and Sierra. <laughs> um, what do you, I have so many dates lined up. Um, uh-huh. What do you do when the universe is too abundant? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just thought that was like so charming um, and so real because I have like a small, um, uh, belief that like the universe or whatever cosmic power or name you want to put on it um or just like serendipity uh will test us will put us through like a small authenticity test um (laughs) when we are when we are offered something good or or when we're at a transition time of our life we will you know here's a perfect example when i first reconnected with willow i had like Yeah, yeah six six dms or text messages from like you know ghosts of my past being like hey girl what's good (laughs) you know like and or or i had a bunch of these like half open doors come swinging open being like hey what about me i'm in your city do you want to meet up (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i had to make that that like tiny little authenticity test from the universe i had to like make the choice to pursue what i felt like was really um good for me or what i truly authentically wanted and this is all to say um when the universe presents itself as abundant um this is when the actual head and heart work comes in because you need to you need to really lean into yourself and quiet all the chatter and the distraction around you and all those all those extra fun dates and those interesting people <laughs> that you would like wouldn't mind the second date with um, mm-hmm. to try to decipher what is best. Um, what is your best authentic desire or what what is the best decision that supports you moving forward? I'm not mm-hmm. against like dating around or like, I don't know, dipping in your toe in the abundance of the universe or like, I don't know, swimming in there, staying in there for a couple of years. But mm-hmm. I think it's like I think it's a great opportunity for you to start practicing some execution of these boundaries or execution of listening to yourself to be like, you know what, like this guy was cool, but I don't see a future with him. And so I'm going to be comfortable with the conflict that will come from me rejecting him or, you know, whatever. I just talked for like 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) The first Spotify exclusive uh, uninterrupted rant by Sierra. (laughs) Yeah, the first Spotify exclusive uh, check-in topic that was thrown at Sam in the recording of the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. You ready? (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm super ready. Um, Yeah, I also think that, like, uh, we're so used to this scarcity mindset, Mm -hmm. like this idea that there's, like, not enough out there that um, abundance can feel really overwhelming when we (laughs) actually, like, take a look at it and be like, oh, my God, there's multiple people who want me to be with them at the yeah, same time. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, it's getting out of that scarcity mindset to say like, 
yeah, multiple people want to be with you, but that doesn't mean that you need to like put time and effort into multiple people, mm, right? Like, mm. I think the scarcity mindset teaches us like, yes. And so this person is interested in me. So what I got to do is I got to put time and effort into them because they're the only one, right? Like they're the only person that I will ever love me because there's scarcity in this universe. And so like, I have to focus on this, but moving from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset is like, yeah, there are lots of people into me. Like, that's cool. And that's also like the way that the world works. And so I get to make the decision of who I spend time mm-hmm. and effort on and not just try and put it all into every person because I'm so concerned that that if I lose one person, I'm going to lose everything. Isn't it funny? Or like no person will ever come to replace them. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny that we are also sometimes, sometimes joy can feel so, so foreign to us or like mm-hmm. a playful, like lightness can feel foreign because we're very used to things feeling scarce, you know, anxious, um, strained, right? That like mm-hmm. the simplicity and joyfulness and the playfulness of, of dating around can be like, oh my God, am I doing this wrong? Am I supposed to do this? Is this like bad of me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sure. just, I think what you were saying earlier, just about how it can feel surprising to like not have the universe like slam its door in your face or whatever. Yeah. Or like Brene Brown talks about foreboding joy, right? Like, wow, my life is so abundant. I'm finally practicing abundance. And also I'm terrified of when this ends and I suddenly have to go back to scarcity, right? Like, <laughs> which, is, which is like pre-scarcity. <laughs> yeah. Which is a You're still like, I a have scarcity. a lot, but it's going to run out. <laughs> right. It's still a scarcity mindset. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. This idea of like, yes, my, I have abundance right now, but I know in the future I will have, I won't have this anymore. Yeah. Um, and so like actually sitting in it, um, does require you to be like, yeah, it's abundant. And that means that I have to say no to things, yeah. which is really scary because it's so much easier to assume that you'll never get a second chance. So like you never have to say no to anything. You right. just have to like keep trying and trying and trying and forcing something to happen. Yeah, exactly. I was actually just going to ask you if you had any advice for like any technical um, advice to to moving forward but i think you just sort of hit the nail on the head that like abundance isn't bad and saying Mm -hmm. no to people isn't bad or making decisions that might potentially hurt someone isn't bad that's that is a part of life you know i don't mean like hurt Mm -hmm. them you know yeah like disappoint them right yeah disappoint them that's a good word um and that's it that's that's probably our the best and apparently only piece of advice (laughs) but Mm -hmm. but most appropriate is just like um abundance inherently comes with the responsibility of making decisions and mm-hmm. and we're all capable of making hard decisions absolutely and i also like i don't know i feel for the for whoever this person is i'm sorry i went back weeks <laughs> but it's hard we get so many dms <laughs> i know but it is hard especially like when you're dating to feel like wow there's so many like eggs in this basket now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, There's yeah, yeah. so many people who are coming at me. Um, but also just have faith that like it's all going to work itself out too, mm. right? Like like some people will fall off. Some people you'll realize like aren't right for you. Some people will be people that you want to put more time and effort in in a romantic way yeah. or in a friendship way. Like I also with this sort of understanding of abundance also like have a, a faith that things will work themselves out. Right. Yes. And I think that those things go hand in hand, like knowing that the universe is abundant and that like at the end of the day, you're going to figure, you're going to find a place that works 
for you and for others, um, which is sometimes hard to say, but especially right now in this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but just know that like it may feel overwhelming right now, but I promise you in a month, it's going to be like, yes, things I are starting to make more sense. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. I love that. Okay, cool. Do you want to get into our... F- I won't say it. <laughs> Spotify. I'm sorry. You said you weren't going to say it. And then you just I said. didn't finish it. <laughs> I, just okay. impl- I just implied it heavily. Like yeah. <laughs> 75% I said, but the 25% uh, is just like an after whisper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which is what people like to do in relationships as well. <laughs> just like, not say it fully so that it doesn't count. Um, it hurts. It hurts. It does. All right. So this is coming from Accidentally Selfish, who's writing from California. Hello, Sam and Sierra. I discovered your podcast a little over a year ago and love listening to it every week. You are both so kind and genuine in your advice, and I have used so much of it to become a better person. Everything you do helps people grow. My question is not related to romantic relationships, but to friendships. I made a new friend in October of 2019. We got pretty close, but due to COVID, she had to go back to her home state in March. I really enjoyed this friendship in part because we both have anxiety and she could relate to a lot of what I was going through. I would often call her and talk through my anxiety about what may be going on in my life at the time. I was sad to see her go, but she made promises of staying in touch and returning one day. Since March, communication hasn't been the best and I feel like I have to initiate any and all conversation. This is also happening with a mutual friend as well. Mutual friend feels like communication is lacking and she has to reach out to initiate, et cetera, et cetera. No, new friend has also announced during the summer that she was about to embark on a life changing transition. And so I attributed some of the lack of communication to that. After talking to mutual friend about the situation one night, I decided to reach out to new friend and address the issue. It could have been more eloquent, but I said, hey, I feel like we don't talk anymore and I miss you. What can we do to remedy that? Which got the conversation started. To some of the texts that were sent, she basically felt like the friendship became more one-sided and that she had become more of a therapist to me before she left in March. She also said that she doesn't have the same bandwidth as she goes through this upcoming phase in life to be as supportive as before, and that these two factors have made her hesitant about continuing a friendship. She also apologized for not saying something sooner. I feel like I told her that I knew nothing going on in her life since she left and wanted to be there for her as much as I could be. I also apologized how I subconsciously question mark took advantage of her and her support and followed and allowed the friendship to become one sided. I also told her that since I'm taking an anxiety medication, I feel like I'm managing my anxiety pretty well and that I won't be using her like that. However, I don't know how to prove to her except to give her the space that she is asking for. In summary, I accidentally question mark took advantage of a friend's support, and now she wants to put a pause on the friendship as she is going through some life changes. After having that discussion, I am okay with giving her the space she needs and and letting her reach out if and when she wants to. My question to you is, how do I recognize sooner that I am being a bad friend or that I am taking advantage of a friend's resources and support? Do I need to intentionally create check-ins with friends or should I wait until they say something? I know I'm not inherently a bad friend or a bad person, but knowing I had hurt a friend and made it harder for them to be a friend with me really sucks. It is also triggering other memories of past friendships that didn't work out or that I was being a bad friend. I feel hesitant to share stuff in the future with other friends in fear of coming across as selfish. 
Any advice you have on this would be greatly appreciated. I feel like there aren't a lot of resources to help improve friendships as there is with romantic relationships. So uh, any resources you could recommend for better friendships is also appreciated. Lots of love and gratitude. Accidentally selfish. Oh, accidentally selfish. Thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this story and for listening to us on Spotify. Um, yeah, I think there is a lot going on here. Um, I, I want to start by saying something like a broad stroke of something, but it is what I see permeating through the whole letter is I feel like you're doing a lot of mental work to, um, to really, uh, I don't know if this is the right word, but like criminalize yourself. Like you, mm-hmm. you're very, you're very accountable, and you're, you know, the thing that stood out to me the most out of this whole letter was like, do I need to check in with my future friends to make sure, you know, that I'm not taking advantage of them? And while that is a very thoughtful um, idea to put forth, I feel like you're doing something a little bit called c- catastrophizing, mm-hmm. um, where and and not can be used in different I've, I've heard it used in terms of like people like going from zero to 180 before but i've also heard it in you know like to myself <laughs> about like if if i do one thing wrong i immediately think that i'm a bad person um or mm, similarly mm-hmm. like you know uh a small mistake sends us on these big shame spirals um and mm-hmm. in in that catastrophizing we believe that uh, the thing that we have done or the, th- the the circumstance that we are in is way, way worse and multifaceted than it really is. And I don't say this to trivialize, you know, your friendship or your anxiety. And I especially don't say this to trivialize your friend's new boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like you're doing you're you're already doing a ton of work to unpack what a terrible friend you could be in the future. Um, and, <laughs> and what I hope for you is that you understand that we, our mental health impacts different parts of our lives all the time, that this is just a part of, um, this is a part of our life and that is okay. And you did nothing wrong. You might learn from this experience, but you in your you yourself are not flawed or less worthy of good friendships and you don't have to do more like you don't have to earn good friendships right i feel mm. like a big thing that this catastrophizing does is like it it makes it seem like oh my god this was a t- i was a terrible toxic person and now i need to put in put in place things that will prevent me from being terrible in the future and also like help me earn my friends love and trust back or whatever Mm-hmm. And all of that is very logical, even as I say it out loud. But I just wanted to highlight that it, um, not in a minimizing way, but more of like a dethroning way. Like this mm-hmm. is, this is a part of life. This is a part of exploring ourselves in relation with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that, and I I think it also um, like is reinforcing a narrative that you might be telling yourself accidentally selfish that you are a bad friend mm-hmm. or this idea that um that there's some sort of like threshold for um 
for asking. Like there's a universal threshold for like mm, how interesting, yeah, how far you can go with a friend before it becomes toxic or because before you ask too much. Um, and the reality is, is that there's there's that no universal threshold for so that. Thoughtful, right? mm-hmm. yeah. Like I want to, I want to sort of take this out of the narrative that you've created for yourself and say this: you had one friend who is going through a lot who's in the middle of a pandemic and a big life change and is moved away from you and is like dealing with moving back home, who said that they weren't equipped to be able to support you in the way that you were needing to be supported, right? You had one friend do that in one very unique circumstance, right? Like a circumstance that is both unique to that person and unique to sort of where we are in the world right now. So that's not a na- narrative. Like, that's no. not a pattern. Oh, my God. Like the, Ooh, you are on fucking fire. <laughs> the real narrative here is that you had one friend that that in a very respectful and kind way, which I think is really nice, which means that, like, she clearly loves you and yeah. clearly, like, wants to support you, right? Just said, like, I'm not in a place to be able to do this. I was starting to feel more like your therapist than your friend. Right. And also, right, like... That might not be because you were asking too much. It might be because she was going through so much that she wasn't equipped to be able to like show up as a friend to you. So I want to dethrone this like idea that you've created that you are somehow asking too much of everyone in your life and say, no, you just had a a different understanding of your friendship with one person. Mm. And then that person is asking for some space and you're honestly giving it to her. So like, good job. You're, yeah, right. Like you're. And I thought I don't know how to say like you're you're gonna do like you're doing everything right. So I don't yeah. really know like what other advice yeah. to give you. Because also like, and I know some people feel differently than this, but like, and obviously like if something happened between you, your nice friendship, I would be devastated. And I, oh yeah, you know. But I'm what I want to say is like, in life we have all sorts of different relationships with all sorts of different people for different time lengths, for different like emotional duration, capacities, durations, et cetera. And we learn things from them and then they Mm -hmm. either stay or they leave our lives. And that is just a fortunate or unfortunate fact of life, whether uh, depending on the relationship, depending on the lesson, right. Depending on how hard it was for us to learn. Um, and so, yeah, and and also, and I know you know this, but I just want to state it clearly, just like r- romantic relationships, we unfortunately don't get to dictate whether or not we are good for someone else. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean we are bad, right? It yep. does not mean we are a bad person if we um, aren't for someone, right? We just aren't for them. And I actually mm-hmm. have a lot of respect for both parties in this uh, letter. Um, I thought your question, your reach out to them was very poignant and elegant and, and Mm -hmm. uh, to the point without being manipulative or petty or like, you know, you didn't, you didn't act out for their attention. Right. You just using, using I statements, right. Like you're not talking to me. You said, I feel like we're not talking anymore. Which is like, perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And then on the other hand, um, I, I, I honestly wish I had the tools to, to say to people like, I, you know what, I feel like this relationship has gotten to a place where it's unhealthy or unsustainable for both of us. Um, because as much as I love and respect you, like I am not a trained therapist. Um, and, uh, whatever's going on in my life, I don't have the capacity to support you. 
instead of what I've done in the past, which is given um, and resented, right? Where I've mm. given and given and given and given probably poorly because I am ill-equipped, right? Um, and you're resentful. And, yeah. Oh, <laughs> resentment builds up, right? If you give to, if, if, if we don't give ourselves the gift of boundaries, particularly in friendships, right? Then we can, we can really start to poison parts of like, like it rots, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, to, to sort of build off what Sierra said about your like reaching out to your friend about this, you know, you asked, do I need to intentionally create check-ins with friends? Like you did. <laughs> like that's what mm. you did is that you like intentionally checked in with a friend when you noticed that things were not going well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's exactly, that's exactly what you did. And you could, you could honestly do that more often if you wanted to, but like, yeah. Like the things that you're talking about are 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 really like things that you are already doing, but the things that you're already doing does like that doesn't mean that we are that you can avoid hurting mm-hmm, or disappointing mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. in this world, right? Like we can never get to a level of friendship perfection where we're our friends we don't disappoint our friends oh my God, or we don't like not show up for them when they need it because right. we didn't fully understand the situation right. or like we didn't respond to that text and now they're right, mad, right? right? Or like, we didn't tell them what the checking was before <laughs> recording. <laughs> Listen, I'm so used to that now that it like can't even face me. Uh, so like you're never going to be a perfect friend. And the fact that you're not a perfect friend doesn't mean you're a bad one, right? right? Like you, all of the things that you're talking about as being things that you want to, you should, you think that you should be encompassing into the way that you interact with your friends. You're already doing. Right. So like, Instead of focusing on like, how can I be, how can I avoid hurting people or how can I avoid disappointing people or how can I avoid asking too much? Instead, say to yourself, like, this is what friendship looks like. This is what happens when people, when two messy people are interacting is that sometimes people can overstep or sometimes people can feel disappointed. And what's important is not necessarily like, I mean, preventing it is important, but like, avoiding that at any cost the Mm, the mm -hmm, real thing mm -hmm. is to say to listen to your friend which is exactly what you're doing responding when they ask for something they need which is exactly what you're doing and recognize that the fact that they need space from you or the fact that they're disappointed by you doesn't mean you're a bad person right it just means that this relationship needs something different right and that's okay right i always think about the phrase look for proof and us self-deprecators mm. we're really good at finding that that really loud glaring proof that we are a bad person right mm-hmm but that proof is not real. That 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 proof is one person, like Sam said, one person mm-hmm. out of all of the people that you have ever met. And that is not a narrative. That is not proof. Look for proof. Right. This person responded to you respectfully. You know, they couldn't meet your needs. And also you couldn't meet theirs. Right. You you mm-hmm. two just seem like you're not for each other right now in this iteration of your life. Um, well, and it sounds like you can meet their needs by giving them space, which hey, is great. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, that's, that is okay. Like, you know, find you, 
continue to utilize your therapist, like uh, find other people that you can talk to right now and just give this friend the space that they need to, to grapple with everything that we collectively are going through and everything that they are going through on their own as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I want to say one more thing before we move on is that, you know, you, you, I can tell you're already doing that mental labor of like in my future friendships, I'm going to be a bad friend. What can I do to stop this? Um, one, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and two, uh, make sure you do have a mental health counselor in your tool belt if you can, if you can access mm-hmm. that. That is hugely important because that leads to three, sharing resources with your friends, talking about what you, unpacking what you talked about in therapy with somebody feels a whole lot different when you have that third party, when you have that, um, you know, the the unbiased not friend therapist to unpack everything with, then, you know, your relationship with friends can develop in a little bit different of a way. I'm not saying you did anything wrong. I'm just thinking about in the future, um, how you can navigate this space in a new way. Because here's the thing, like, I still want you to be able to talk to your friends about your anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. That's like, that is a normal, healthy thing to unpack with your friends. But I'm hoping that maybe that unpacking can look a little bit different with the help of a trained professional, with the help of maybe, you know, like what resources do your friends have um, or that you that you have? Like, what are some books that you could read and talk about or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to encourage you to in future friendships. Can we reflect on what are your shared commonalities? Like, what do you what is your friendships? What do your friendships look like Um moving forward like if the only thing you are talking about is your anxiety then that is not something like that's not like a red flag that you guys are bad people but it's it is a flag to me that like maybe this uh relationship is becoming a little uh codependent or imbalanced Mm -hmm. not to one person or the other but like maybe you know that's to me just sounds like a prescription to get a therapist yeah, I mean, it seems to me like if you are only having conversations about your anxiety, those are probably better conversations that are going to be better served by having with your therapist, right. right? Like, like you don't want to you don't want to necessarily create friendships where the only thing you talk about is is your mental health issues, and exactly. like those can be things that are really helpful to talk about in with friends, but. But you would be better served by having a therapist that can talk to you about the mental health stuff continually than yeah. than like building friendships over i said red flags earlier and it's really more of like a marker you know like if mm-hmm. i look back at times in my life where i was bonding you know where you and i <laughs> this is a perfect fucking example that will make <laughs> my rambling make a little bit more sense like looking back on our friendship there are periods in which i only talked about unhealthy relationships that i was in right i only talked mm-hmm. about unhealthy choices that i was mm-hmm. making to make myself feel loved that is you know that is that is all i talked about and if i look back on that period of my life t- with you <laughs> i think one ooh was i being a reciprocal friend <laughs> and two <laughs> wow that is a marker to me that I I was making choices in my life that I was unhappy with or that I was really dealing with depression and anxiety and I was mm-hmm. fulfilling my needs in unhealthy ways. Damn, I wish I sought professional help earlier. Yeah, so. for sure. All right, cool. I hope that made sense. But um, I mean, the good news of that time in both of our lives, because like <laughs> I was also doing that is that we started the stupid podcast together. So, <laughs> uh, Yes. <laughs> 
Like the good news, like we didn't start the podcast during the stage. It was post that stage you're saying. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Because yeah, we yeah, both yeah. like <laughs> no longer needed to like spill out on each other. Yeah. So we were like, okay, Instead someone, we just do someone else weekly. give us stuff to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like our problems aren't big enough right we now. We just live so, like, vicariously through you all. Anyway, yeah, accidentally exactly. selfish. <laughs> I hope that all made sense, especially at the end. But um, we love you and we believe in you. And like Sam said, like kind of bluntly you're doing everything right <laughs> mm-hmm. just don't um don't over catastrophize your own humanness absolutely we love you thank you for writing thank you so much all right y'all know that sam and i record every single episode of just break up virtually so i literally see this beautiful person on zoom like multiple times a week and every time sam pops up into zoom i comment on their outfit <laughs> And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop 
like wasting yeah. money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like use the middle person. Just get rocket money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. All right, our second letter is from What is Enough, writing to us from The Void. Hey, you two lovely humans. I'm writing to you because I don't know whether things are fine or I'm just convincing myself they are. I have been with my partner for four years and we are very, very compatible. We have similar values and ideas of the future, laugh so much, have great sex. And most importantly, I just never have felt more comfortable around anyone I have ever met before or since. Seemingly triggered by the whole global pandemic, we're all stuck at home for an uncertain amount of period of time situation. That was all one word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she has been struggling with her mental health. Due to this, I have definitely become the caregiver of the relationship. I am the one calling her, reassuring her and comforting her, purposely making her laugh or su- making suggestions like watching a show together via FaceTime. And when we are able to see each other, I'm the one holding her most of the time. Oh, forgot to mention, we've been long distance for over a year now. She gets overwhelmed easily, struggles to make plans or think about the future at all, making meeting up very difficult. She doesn't text or call back for hours, sometimes a day, and sometimes has difficulty keeping the conversation going when we talk. And I get frustrated at that. I sit at home and get angry at her for not doing the, quote, easy thing of texting back for not being able to make plans. And in these moments, I don't feel like I am a priority in her life. At this point, your advice for me should is probably just break up. Rightfully so, but there's more to the situation. I'm just afraid that I will I should be focusing on what I wrote this far. So here's why I don't know whether this is a clear situation. The situation will probably improve in the near future. She is actively looking for a therapist and is fully aware of her own struggles. I know that therapy isn't a magic pill fixing all problems, but it is the right step for her to take. And the distance will decrease in three months. We won't live in the same city, but it'll only be a 40-minute train ride instead of an eight-hour one. So seeing each other will be so much easier. And distance does make things more difficult. But probably most importantly, I'm fine with being the caregiver. I think that this is normal to have periods in a relationship where one partner cannot show up as well as the other one. And I do have a good support system. I'm close with my family and I have great friends that I can rely on for emotional support, helping me out with practical things. And I get to talk about my relationship. I described earlier how I feel when she doesn't text or call back. That doesn't nearly happen every time. And when it does, I'm filled with love and compassion for her after an hour or at the latest after we've talked to each other. And when I text her something like, hey, I'm having a rough day and talking to you would make me feel better. Can you please give me a call back when you can? She does call me even when she isn't in a great place and I'm the one keeping the conversation going. But still, it does feel like I'm stuck in a cycle that must look pretty unhealthy from the outside. And maybe it is, but that's why I'm writing to you. Like I said, I feel fine showing up more. And when I imagine things not changing significantly in a year, I think I will be okay. But two years? I don't know. Three years? 
I don't think so. Is it okay to know I can only do this for so long? She has told me a few times she feels she feels guilty for not being there for me and how she feels like a bad girlfriend. She has even said the part of her wishes I would just get angry and blame her instead of being supportive and kind. I've reassured her in these conversations that I am okay, that I can rely on others, that I love her and I'm willing to stick through her during this time. I've also told her things will get easier because of the distance. In my head, I'm also thinking things will get better because of therapy, but I don't tell her that because I don't want her to feel as though I'm waiting around for her to change. But that's kind of what I'm doing, isn't it? I mean, I'm not waiting for her to change, but I am holding on to the idea of her behavior changing, of her being able to take care of me again like she used to. Is that bad? I guess my question is, is it okay to stay in an unequal, perhaps unhealthy situation if both parties involved are aware that things have to change for the better? To what extent is self-sacrifice okay? Or can I really be okay with giving more and getting less? Or am I just convincing myself I am? I would really appreciate any thoughts on this. I'm sorry for any grammar mistakes or weird word choices, but I am neither a native speaker nor an english major oh my god that's cute (laughs) yeah that's funny because like obviously being an english major doesn't mean that you speak good english as evidenced by both of us (laughs) what are you talking about anyway uh what is enough thank you so much for writing you were eloquent and adorable and i love you already um that is my attachment style in a nutshell (laughs) immediate Oh, that is and hilarious. overbearing. Yeah, no, immediately. I love you. Do you love me back? <laughs> okay, this is a great question. Uh, it is a great question, uh, and I almost have no idea what you're going to say. <laughs> Do, oh, you're looking at me. Should I know what you're going to no, say? No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited to see what you think. Ooh, I'm going to say. Man of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Austin Powers. Um. Oh my God, my wife would love you. <laughs> Anyway, okay. (laughs) Oh my God. No, no, no more of that. Okay. On task. What is enough? The question is, is it okay to stay in an unequal, perhaps unhealthy situation if both parties involved are aware that things have to change for the better? Sam. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. I was right. That's what I thought. Yeah. Listen, if, if, if our relationships had to be completely reciprocal all the time and if um we weren't allowed to be in like unhealthy situations where one person is taken (laughs) taking more than the other person is right like my then peter should have divorced me in march of last year Mm -hmm. right like after my dad died i was not an equal partner in our Mm -hmm. relationship it was Mm -hmm. like all about me i was moody and depressed and like totally inequipped to be able to support him right mm-hmm. like it was i was only thinking about myself and i mean that's not true i was thinking about him in some ways but i didn't have the tools to be able to like offer him any support in how i was thinking about mm-hmm. him and like if if we had this expectation of like every relationship has to be equally reciprocal at all times then then we wouldn't be able to we wouldn't be able to have things like our parents die and suddenly we'd we need a, our spouse the most, and yet we are at that point, like also the most ill-equipped to be able to, to right. support them, right? So absolutely, I think it's very normal that there come situations where one person is hurting more than the other person and and needs to be selfish and yeah. needs to 
take more than they give. And it is absolutely okay for the other person in the relationship to recognize that, to recognize that this can't be a forever thing, but also say like, yeah, I'm going to be here for you because I know that you're going through a really rough time and this is really hard for you. And I am going to figure out how I can find other ways to get my needs met in this moment because I know that your needs right now are greater and more important than my are right. in the context of our relationship together. Right. I totally agree with Sam. So as to not repeat any of that, I'm going to move Next on letter. topically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move on topically just a little, which is um, now that you know this is okay, at what what are the caveats, right? Or what is your game plan moving forward? Because I think it's I think it's really fair um, and very actually healthy of you. What is enough to be thinking? Okay, how long can I take it like this? Right? If mm-hmm. nothing changes, what is what is my end goal? Or like, how long will I accept b- the this power dynamic or this um, unequal whatever? Um, but I, I really quickly to reiterate, I totally agree with Sam that like it is unrealistic to think that um, it I think it's very natural, actually, to for you to be in this relationship to be like, well, things aren't great right now. But is it OK that I want to stay that, you know, mm-hmm. especially with a fucking annoying ass podcast like ours where we're like, break up all the time, like be happy, like, you know, whatever, which is all very true. Mm hmm. I think that we are inundated oftentimes with um, in the dating world with messages of like, get yours or get out. And while I like totally agree that people should like have, you know, their needs met, that they should um, not compromise when it comes to their relationship visions or goals or whatever. Life is sloppy, right? Life is messy and um, Mm -hmm. relationships are so incredibly complicated. This period of your relationship is very um, normal. It's normal. Um, I mean, save the whole like global pandemic thing. (laughs) Not normal. (laughs) The new normal. No, but I I also just want to frame this too in like in the reality that that mental health is health right mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and mental illness is illness and so the fact that your your partner is going through this is also like what would happen if your partner became suddenly sick for mm-hmm. a long time like physically sick for a long time right like yes the behavior that she's exhibiting is not is like stuff that we would warn people against right, right. like not texting back not calling you like sort of taking more than they're giving, but also like she's sick, like she's literally Mm -hmm. sick. And so the, I love the idea that you are offering her grace in this period and also saying to yourself, like, it's okay to be angry because this is a frustrating situation and I'm going to lead with empathy and compassion for her because I know that she is sick right now and that, and that we are trying to do things to, to, to help make her feel better. Um, but the reality is, is that like, it's okay to be a caretaker for someone who's not feeling well, right. which is exactly what's happening with your girlfriend. Right. But as a caretaker, the your most important t- tool in your tool belt are your boundaries. And I think mm. in this, um, because we can only give as well as we take care of ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And I think something that will be crucial for you and your partner moving forward 
is I, I I'm just going to like pose some questions right now and maybe you can bring them into your own your, your intimate conversations. But what is your relationship vision? What is your shared relationship vision? Do you you know, mm-hmm. what is your partner's vision of the future? Um, are there any goals that don't align with this current reality? And, and by current reality, I don't mean her current mental illness. I mean, like, um, if there were if this were to continue, if this were ongoing um, to a point where you were no longer happy for years, like you've said, um, mm-hmm. are there are there things that you want to do in your life and in your relationships that are are not going to be fulfilled by in this partnership? Um, mm. I think it's a it's a it's going to be a really important time. Maybe not now, but maybe when your partner moves closer, um, maybe if anything comes to at a time in which you feel comfortable and safe to have a conversation. I think that radical honesty is your friend in in this in this endeavor, you know what? And I'm going to steal a line from um, our last letter, uh, which is. What are your non-negotiables, right? Like you, you sound like a very understanding, compassionate, um, loving partner who's able to be and willing, happily willing to be the caretaker, right? But mm-hmm. like I said earlier, boundaries are your tools. So what are your non-negotiables? Um, when you're having a bad, when your partner's having a bad day, is it a non-negotiable that she has to contact you at some point, right? She doesn't need to talk on the phone. She doesn't need to come visit you, but she needs to text you back, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what your non-negotiables are. That might sound really harsh to you. Um, but I think that having these clear, working on a vision together is only going to sharpen the uh, your potential future together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's, um, that's super important. And I also just want to say to you, um, that you, you seem to practice a significant amount of self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. You seem to pr- be able to look at this and say like, here's the reality of the situation. And so I would just encourage you to say, or I would just encourage you to trust your feelings and your instincts in this. Mm. Like, I know that the reality is, is that sometimes we get into relationships and we get so in them that we can't see outside of them. But you just offered one of the most insightful and thoughtful understandings of your relationship that, that, you know, that we get on this podcast, right? right? Like, like you, I think that you have a very good understanding of what is happening here. I think you have a very good understanding of of sort of what you are willing to put up with as a caretaker and what you're not, right? Like the fact that you you cited the example of like when I text her and say I've had a hard day and it would really be nice to to talk with her, she calls me back, right? Like that is a I think an important that's obviously an important thing for you. And she's meeting that expectation even while she is struggling, which mm-hmm. is really great. So like trust your instinct that you are going to know when it's, too, when it's yes. too much oh that God, you're going to yes. know when you've reached your limit, because I'm just like, I'm sort of in awe of your ability to, to sort of understand the nuances of this, look at both sides of this and still make the decision of like, this is okay for me right now. Right? Like, to say, like, I know I am hopeful that this isn't forever, and I also know that it could be, and so, like, I need to keep tabs on that 
Yes. Perfect. Exactly. Right. Yep. Like that's exactly the advice that we would give you in this moment. Oh my so, God, all the letters this week are like, good job. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, same with, yeah, same with the last letter that we wrote or read. Like, yeah, Can't you're wait. doing things right. You are doing, you are thinking about this, I think, in ways that are going to serve you well. So just trust that you're going to make the right decision and trust that you're going to make a different decision if the circumstance demand it. Yeah. And I would say keep, keep leaning into your needs, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, c- caretakers can, um, that's when, when the scales are tipped like this in what, what we could all see as like maybe an unsustainable, but necessary and, and generous way. Um, because mental health is a part of life and mental illness is a part of life. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure that you're leaning into 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 your needs because they are they're just as valid as these crisis needs right now, but mm-hmm. we address them in different ways. We can you you can you can fulfill all of all of these needs at once. There's not a scarcity of of um what's the word I'm looking for? Here we go. Spotify exclusive. <laughs> First Spotify exclusive where Sierra doesn't know what the fuck she's saying. Um, I'm trying to say like uh, it is possible for you to attend to these crisis needs for your partner to be in this um, be processing what she is processing right now. And also for your maybe less um, less crisis needs to be met at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not an all mm-hmm. or nothing. It's not a one or the other. Um, yeah, so- Absolutely. And that your needs, your needs, your needs and her needs don't need to be met by this relationship, yep, right? Yep. Like, like you can get what you need that are not crisis needs from other people. And also she can get exactly what you said. She can get some of those crisis needs met by a licensed professional. That's not you. Um, and like, it seems that you're moving in that direction. Mm. So I have faith that I have been through so many <laughs> mental health crises uh with my lovely husband in the past two years Mm -hmm, that like mm -hmm. i i so feel what you're going through and also say like i also have faith that things will get better because because they will like honestly i just i just just know that they will get better i have absolutely i have one more thing i wanted to ask you about actually sam was the one thing that like stuck out to me that like i kind of wanted your opinion on is um the comment that what is enough wrote about not wanting to say I'm looking forward to therapy because I, I think therapy will make things better. Um, mm-hmm. And the letter rotor, the letter rotor, <laughs> <laughs> the letter writer wrote, um, I don't tell her be- that because I don't want her to feel as though I'm waiting for around for her to change. Um, do you think, I only I paused at that part in the letter because um, I wonder, you know, like in your past couple years of a lot of um, hardships, you know, did you. F- I wonder, what do you think about that tiptoeing? Um, part mm-hmm. of me feels like this relationship, especially since it's it's not a young relationship, right? This is a seasoned relationship. It It's. I do understand why we tend to tiptoe around certain things for our loved ones benefits, especially maybe mental health oriented ones. But Mm -hmm. I do wonder if there's an opportunity for what is enough to say. um, I am looking forward to you finding a therapist um, because I want you to I want you to get help. You deserve that, you know, Mm -hmm. and our relationship deserves it. 
Yeah, I mean, I've I've said that before yeah. to say like, oh, I'm really glad you have therapy this week because I I hope it'll make you yeah. feel better, right? Like in the same way that you would say that about a treatment that someone might mm-hmm. get. Like, I'm so glad you're going to the chiropractor this week yep. because like I think it'll make your back feel better, right? Yeah. Like, this I understand that mental health um, feels like a different beast, and in many ways it is. Like I don't want to just like always equate mental health and right. physical health because there are nuances there for right. sure. And stigmas. But, Absolutely. But to say like, I've, I've said that or like told Peter, like I'm going to therapy because I, um, I'm really looking forward to therapy this week because I feel like I've, I haven't been showing up for you in the way that I want to. And like, I'm excited to, that this will help. Yeah. I feel like using that type of direct communication, almost like modeling it or, you know, for your partner will hopefully, Mm -hmm. um, open the door to her, um, being a little bit more open and communicative about these issues. Um, I, I, I don't, the only, the only thing I, not the only thing, but something I want to prevent is the idea of eggshells, right? Because that's mm. when these power dynamics, that's when these uneven caretaking situations become skewed or start to tip towards unhealthy um, or or toxic, right? Maybe it's unhealthy now, but it'll become worse if if we're not direct with our loved ones. Yeah, I also I don't want to call it unhealthy at all. Like I think it's actually healthy. It's mm-hmm. it is healthy in relationships for the one partner to take care of the other when they're going through mm-hmm, it, an issue, mm-hmm. right? Like that's when important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's kind of it's why it's very I said, healthy like, to do that. Yeah, right. That's why. Well, I use the word unhealthy because that's what the letter writer wrote. But like, mm-hmm. um. You're totally right, because I, I was even in that moment, I was describing the tip from normal unhealthy to toxic. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and you're saying that you, you're saying that this is very normal and this can be very healthy to, like, support each other in a ebb and flow sort of way. And I totally Absolutely. agree. And yep. that 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 balance can tip into something mm-hmm. that is unsustainable. Yeah, sure. Anyway. Yes. OK, cool. Well, Good job, everyone. Stop, you know, yeah. you, you get y'all Stop did writing it. us letters, people. You're, <laughs> You're all perfect. doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is enough? Thank you so much for writing. Good luck. You're dealing with a lot, but you're doing it as well as you can. Absolutely. We love you th- so much. Thanks for writing. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Our third and final letter comes from a deep, heartfelt sigh who is writing from quarantined California. Dear Sam and Sierra, thank you for reading my letter. Your podcast has brought me so much comfort, healing, validation, and love during the darkest time of my life. 
I would literally wake up in the morning, press play, and listen practically all day. Aww. That's so sweet. And also, like... It makes Sam uncomfortable because he can't <laughs> handle, like, people loving him. Oh, my God. All day? <laughs> Weren't you, like, so annoyed by us by the end? <laughs> I love it. That is my type of attachment. <laughs> <laughs> It made me feel like I was not alone, even though in many ways I feel like I am. I want to thank everyone who has been so brave and vulnerable in sharing their stories. Oh my God, I fucking love that. <laughs> That's so sweet. And I want everyone to know that I walk with them in their journeys of healing, oh growth, and self-discovery. I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> I know. I almost cut that first paragraph out because I was like, this letter is kind of long. But it's so and important. Like, I think that people f- forget just breakup is like, I don't know, 50% you and me. And then the other 50% Even less. Is, are all the letter writers. Well, it's just all of our bullshit that we bring into everything. Um, we take up a lot of space, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I really love that the letter writer um, shouted out and thanked the rest of the Just Breakup community and all the other letter writers. I think that's really special. Absolutely. I'm a cisgender, 27-year-old heterosexual female, and I started listening to the podcast exactly a year ago when I was in an abusive relationship. With the help of a few friends, my therapist, and this podcast community, I was able to leave the relationship for good. I was with my abuser for about a year. He never hit me, but he gaslit me like crazy, Mm. manipulated me, and constantly degraded my body. He cheated on me every moment he got. I even found a beachfront property he rented on Airbnb in different states. I didn't even know he was out of state during those times. As a result of this relationship, I lost over 20 pounds. I weighed 110. I experienced hair loss, acne, night terrors, body dysmorphia, and PTSD. I have been going to therapy for over a year now, sometimes four times a week, to unpack all of the darkness that had consumed my mind. He actually came with me to my first therapy appointment, so my therapist knows him firsthand, and I later found out he was diagnosed by his psych as a narcissistic sociopath. Oh my god, you dated my ex. (laughs) Sorry. Uh. Sorry, I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) During this past year, I really do feel healed over the relationship and and stronger mentally than ever. I've taken the year to be completely single and I and work on my growth as a person. And I've learned to set hard, firm boundaries, how to be kind to myself and how to channel my need to give love and affection to my friends mm. instead of unconditionally in romantic partners. Wow. That's great. I know. I feel like I'm the, taking fucking notes from the fucking letter writers <laughs> in this episode. Uh, I feel like the only thing I am still unpacking from that relationship is my intense body dysmorphia. Now I am moving to a new city and working as a professional, and I feel like I'm in a place to start dating again. I downloaded a couple of dating apps, and I feel myself having very negative thoughts surrounding dating. Before I moved, I went on about 10 first dates to dip my toes back into dating. During that time, I was working with my therapist to create a list of non-negotiables in relationship and learning how to set boundaries. My non-negotiables are, one, monogamy and loyalty. Yo, y'all take notes. (laughs) Yeah, no, honestly, these are really great. Two, emotionally available and stable. Three, romantic and attentive, but also knows how to give me my space. Four, wants kids. And five, sexually compatible. I eliminated every one of my 10 casual dates within a few dates, either because I wasn't interested or because they raised some red flag to me. I was very underwhelmed with dating. So when the pandemic hit, I stopped dating altogether. Now that I have moved to this new city and I am truly working my dream job, I do want to find a serious relationship. I want to build towards a future that includes children. But the only way I am really able to meet anyone is through these apps. 
I haven't met up with anyone just yet. I'm trying to be strategic about my dating choices this time around, but everyone seems like they want a casual hookup. And even when they claim they don't, it seems like a lie so they can manipulate people into sleeping with them just Mm. so they can change their minds after. In the past, I've tried to invest time and do fun activities before getting physical with any dates in the past, but their interest will fade without sex and they'll do something that gives me the complete ick and I'll lose all attraction for them immediately. It feels like every straight guy ages 25 to 34 that doesn't want anything more, doesn't want anything more than friends with benefits. Even if I, they say they want a serious relationship and kids in the future, they don't take the steps to ensure they're working towards that, aka practicing emotional availability, dating monogamously, or seeking therapy. It's easier to just swipe for someone new than to build something worthwhile. I know my mindset is negative, but it's more than just that. Even with the therapy and boundary setting and new confidence, I just don't trust men. I try to give every man a clean slate and a chance, but I know he'll fuck it up, and then he always does. Exactly in the way I predict, too. I am scared to sleep with men again, even though I really, really, really want to, Mm -hmm. because I'm afraid they'll think my body is disgusting and not desirable, especially because I am a POC who usually dates white men. Mm. I find myself not feeling anything towards the people I swipe on or anyone I meet. I automatically assume the worst of them. Honestly, though, I really try not to let this show. I'm nice and fun and friendly. I respond to texts. I never ghost. I bring a lot of energy to the dates I go on. So I don't think I am coming across as closed off. I never share my past trauma so as not to burden the other person. But even that makes me secretly angry and resentful too, because I feel like nothing works unless I put all my energy and time in. Now that I don't do that anymore in dating, nothing goes anywhere. It's like men don't even try and they expect me to make the moves or we stay stagnant. It's been really emotionally taxing on me because I see everyone I know so in love or happy with their romantic lives. And it makes me feel like maybe I'm just one of those people who will never find love again. Before my abuser, I had two other relationships that were wonderful and I still think successful even though we broke up. And maybe that was my experience with love and I used up all the chances the universe Mm. has given me. Or maybe it's true that all the good men are already taken. It really makes me sad to think I may never get married or have a family. I know I would still be okay because I enjoy being alone. I love my job and I have so much love and support from my friends, but I still can't shake the desire of waiting to find a good, true love. I want to share my love and life with a man I can trust and feel safe with, but I can't even find the hope in me anymore. How do I start dating again? How do I find true love again? Love a heartfelt sigh. Oh my God. Love this letter. Love this writer. Love all of you listeners. <laughs> um, and really, I'm so moved by this week's uh, letter writers. Like they're all just um, they're doing that head and heart work and they're they're being vulnerable and putting themselves out there. And I just uh, I didn't see the common thread in all of these letters when we put them together. And now it's like so blatantly obvious it's that doing head and heart work is actually really hard sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, you're doing the right thing. Thumbs up. That's yeah. the title no, of the absolutely. episode. Terrible title. Don't use that. <laughs> um, you're doing the right thing. Thumbs up emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Does Spotify let us use emojis in our titles? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. So my darling, a deep heartfelt sigh. I hope you heard me do that a couple times. 
First thing in my notes, literally all caps, you are awesome, exclamation point, non-negotiables, three exclamation points. Way Mm -hmm. to fucking go. Like, wow. I'm so impressed by you. And I know you're feeling the scarcity and I know you're feeling the exhaustion of all of this work with no reward. Um, But let me tell you, from this point of view, like you are the reward. You are quite (laughs) the fucking sight to see right now. And I am just I'm basking in you. Like, look at you in all your power. Um, I just I'm just so proud and happy for you. I know it doesn't feel like that (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, because my darling, unfortunately, becoming and being your most authentic self with all the boundaries and healing and growth that comes from this can be such a deeply, deeply lonely thing. And Mm. that's something not a lot of people talk about how lonely it is to like do the work. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's absolutely true that um that yeah, when you start establishing boundaries, you suddenly are like oh, this means that like people aren't yeah. there aren't like an endless amount of people in my life and it's and and it's important though hard to reframe to say and that's a good thing, yes. right? Like the fact it may feel really disappointing that you've been on 10 dates with dudes and none of them had what you were looking for, right? None of them could sort of meet the the boundaries and the expectations for your relationship that you had. But the reality is, is that that's 10 people that you could have put a lot of time and effort into to find out too late that they weren't actually interested in the things right. that you were interested in, right? right? Like, and I know that that um, sucks. Like, again, it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes we do the head and heart work and then we assume that that means everything comes easily, right? right? Like, we assume that that means like, cool, I did it. And so now like my life is going to be perfect, right? Like everything's going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to find the right man. I'm going to, I'm going to do all of the things that I want to do. And the reality is, is that like, no, it's still really hard to date, but you've made it easier on yourself by, by saving yourself time and energy, putting into things that aren't going to sustain or offer you the nutrition that you, that you really right. need. So totally. It sucks. Yes, absolutely. I don't want to belittle how much it sucks to date 10 dudes and be like, wow, all of them were milk oh toast. Yeah. But- and in our monologues, <laughs> we would just, so many of us would turn that and be like, oh, well, it's me. My standards are too high or I, you know, attract these assholes or da, 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 da. but it's 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 not about you. It is not a deficit of you that you know what you want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, it is really Dating apps are really hard, yes, because there are a lot of folks on there who are just looking to hook up. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's steeped in that culture. Like that's okay. that's a hundred percent real. Yeah, absolutely. And if you read the book attached, they will talk about how there are a lot of dis- dismissive people on <laughs> dating apps, <clears throat> right? Because like it's just like just it's like ch- shooting fish in a bucket for them. <laughs> no, honestly, because they're just like they are churning through people, right? And they're not getting into long lasting relationships <laughs> because they keep pushing people away. And so all they're doing is being like taking up a lot of space on these dating apps, right? Yeah. Like it's the reality of it. And so it's good for you to go into each of these situations and say, I'm not looking for someone who's avoidant. I'm looking for someone who's going to meet me where I'm at and like embark on a sustainable, healthy relationship with me. And like 10 guys is like, honestly, not that many guys to, to go through and yeah. be like, this isn't it. 
I don't know how many men I went on first dates with, but let me tell you, it was more than 10. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, if I could just be a fly on a wall for those. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, um, my darling, I also want to talk to you like I hear you doing all of this work and you're putting in this emotional labor for yourself, this growth. Um, but I also hear this scarcity narrative, right, that Sam is so eloquent, has so elo- eloquently talked about in the past that these those good relationships that you had prior to this abusive one was were your one chance and you blew it. Mm. But that's that's not the narrative, right? Let's go back to what Sam said in the beginning. One failed relationship is not a narrative, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lesson. Mm-hmm. It's a life experience. It's something that I wish I could take away. Um, but that's not the narrative. Also, going these 10 failed dates equals I am unworthy and incapable of love and that I I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have kids Um, or continuing that narrative. All of my boundaries are making it so that I can't meet anyone. Nope. Those 10 people, those 10 people are not the extent of your dating history. They are not the extent of your uh, love life. You are going to live a long beautiful love-filled complicated painful life because Mm -hmm. that's what is promised to us right except for the time thing we're never promised time Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we are promised pain and confusion and love right yes um i want to share something that i learned at my first therapy session this week um I Sam's space. I'm so excited. Well, um, I am participating in cognitive behavioral therapy, um, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm, is mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. particular type of therapy that tries to help empower people to rewire um, negative thought patterns in their brain. Um, And um, it part of the therapy is like um, like homework assignments, almost you know, like journaling things or like in. anxiety um decreasing exercises or mindfulness exercises and uh the one of the things my therapist had me write down which is gonna be a lifesaver for me this week i think and i think can help you too is just because you think a thought doesn't mean it's real (laughs) And, (laughs) and just because you feel a feeling doesn't mean it's real And I know that's really hard because when we're feeling anxious or when we're feeling unlovable or when we're feeling like we made a mistake or or that we're exhausted because, fuck, man, it's hard to meet a good man out there. Right. Mm -hmm. I just because you think these thoughts of I am never going to get married, I have wasted my love, et cetera, doesn't mean that it's real. And what I want to encourage you in your current therapy, by the way, way to go. You're you're doing the work, right? Mm-hmm. In your current therapy, I want I, I I encourage you to ask your therapist to help you you come up with um, mantras or um, exercises or things that you say to yourself to, so that when the next time you go on one of these anxious. Um, Anxious hurricanes, right? Where your brain takes mm-hmm. you to places that you know logically aren't true, 
right? But your anxiety is telling you that it's true. I want you to be able to bring yourself back. Where's the proof? I know that I am lovable because I am loving. I am filled with love. I am made of love, right? I know that I deserve a relationship because I deserve love. My inherent is, is my worth is inherent, right? Um, I want you to start uh, rerouting some of these thoughts because... Sadly, my darling, I cannot promise you that a good man is going to walk through your door. I just I mm. can't promise you that your dating life is going to be um, wrapped up neatly with a bow in a, in six months. And you're going to meet the man of your dreams, right? That this sense of exhaustion might go on for a long time. And and I say that to you not to depress you, but to be your camaraderie excuse me, that is not the right word, <laughs> to be your comrade in this mm-hmm. thing, right? In this pain, in this in this discomfort of, of the universe. Uh, Sam and I want to be your comrades in this. Um, and I want you to be able to, when that discomfort comes, when the, you know, ugly head of douchebags on dating apps rears their head you know yeah it's like a hydra you just like cut one yes! off and then like three more emerge Ex- in their place i'm fucking so glad <laughs> that was literally what i was picturing and then you just like took it out of my brain um, yeah from hercules it's like english, the only way that i know what that is yep english majors um yeah disney enthusiasts <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah so when when this when this loneliness rears its head in whatever manifestation or this this scarcity mindset. I want you to be able to combat it with facts, right? Where's the proof? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's what I say. Mine, mine is that's not real, right? Like that's the thing that I say to myself when I'm spiraling. It's like that's not real, right? That's, like that's not true is what it really means. Like right. whatever it is, I'm never going to find love. I'm never going to get married. I'm going to be sad for the rest of my life. It's like that's not that's not real. That's not a right. real thing. <laughs> like, and I. That's a thought, but yeah. it's not a real, it's not the reality. Okay, yes. And I'm going to steal something from this to change the subject slightly before we end in like a little love affirmation sandwich, which is, you know, I saw a meme online that was like extreme independence is a trauma response. And everybody mm-hmm. was like, you know, vomited at the truth <laughs> of that. Yeah. Um, I'm and, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in this picture and I do not like it. Um, <laughs> but, and, and I'm not saying, uh, I think all of your... Sam and I have already said all of your boundaries and your non-negotiables are fucking a plus like way to go. I don't I don't think you struggle with extreme independence, but I thought of it in prepping for this letter because, mm. you know, that narrative of of. All the inner narrative that you're telling yourself that men are unsafe um, mm-hmm. is not true. And I know that's really hard. Because it's very empowering to call out the toxic, hurtful behaviors that are often um, manifested in men, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. that's just the truth, right? Um, hashtag not, not all men, and then I puke all over myself. I know, and it's just like, oh, <laughs> you had to ruin that too, right? Like. <laughs> Awful men had to ruin us, like, trying to, like, come to the defense of some men, right? And then, like, awful men, again, took that on and were like, nope, you can't use that either. Like, we're going to make this toxic, too. And it's like, 
Okay. But Y'all. I think <laughs> so now that we alienated the one percent of our listeners, um so Listen, I'm a man. So like and I'm not <laughs> alienated by that fact. Like Okay, so I saw that I saw another meme that was like something like, uh, if you're like a good guy, you're not bothered by the not all men are trash sort of thing. And I mm-hmm. think that's true because because you can re- recognize that that is um a representation of a particular manifestation of masculinity, right? And that it's a good thing to push against that. Um, But anyway. Yes. So uh, Sam and I just want to, while we are applauding you for your new boundaries and your new non-negotiables, we also want to encourage you to find some, um, uh, to push some of those, uh, how do I want to say this, Sam? Help me. I think we're trying to say that, that, it, we need to change the narrative about sort of what you're going through and recognize that like your disappointment in these men is not again a narrative of the world that it exists out there right like there are good men out there who are going to be able to meet those five criteria that you set up who will treat and you the well. fact that you right and who and the fact that you have not encountered that person yet doesn't mean that you can then create a narrative about every single man in your life, right? Like, mm. doesn't mean that, like, mankind is hopeless or that you are... And love is um, hopeless, because that's what you told right. us. <clears throat> exactly. Like, that's not actually what's happening here. And so want to push back on that and just say that, like, yes, I know that it's really easy to fall into this idea of, like, all men are awful, because, like, let's be honest, men and masculinity is awful in a lot of ways Mm. but that isn't the reality the reality is is that there are many wonderful men out there who Mm -hmm. are looking for the same things that you're looking Mm. at for and it's not hopeless you don't have to come into every situation thinking like this dude is going to disappoint me right it's good to like keep that in mind right because everyone (laughs) has the capacity to disappoint us always yeah but I think if you can reframe the way that you're thinking yes. about this from a source of negativity to say like, wow, I can't wait to go on this date with this dude who's going to be shit, right? To instead say like, I can't go wait to go on this date with this person who is going to, who I am going to be able to see, like, this is an opportunity for me to see if this person is compatible. And if not, I have done, I have been able to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. I got to go have an interesting conversation with a person that I never met before. I got to enjoy a walk around the park uh, that I don't go to very often or like whatever it is, like what can you take from these dates and this situation that, that makes it positive, that like affirms the fact that you are putting yourself out there despite everything that has happened to you, that you are getting this opportunity to try and find someone who is going to, to love and support you in the way that you want and need to be loved and supported instead of falling into the trap, which we all do to say like, uh, this is awful because everyone that I meet is going to be awful. And like, I'm never going to find the thing that I want. And, um, this is just a hopeless, worthless thing that I'm doing that has, that if I don't get exactly what I want from this situation, it hasn't benefited me at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's hard. It is for sure, because it's lonely and sad and being disappointed by 10 different guys is like painful. Yeah. And also, like, what can you take out of this situation to to make it less dependent on you getting exactly what you want and need mm. and more of this is a great opportunity for me to be discerning in who I date. This is a great opportunity for me to experience something new and someone new. This is a great opportunity for me to practice establishing boundaries. Like, 
what positivity can you take yes. out of this shitty situation to help make it happier yes and, and like more goes, fun for you <laughs> the next time it goes badly or the next time you're feeling really discouraged say look at me knowing myself so deeply mm. like look at me let me flex i love that like i just i just I, going back to the how we started the episode like i just am in awe of you um this might not feel graceful this might not feel um glorious but you girl look glorious to me right now mm-hmm. um yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk about also is just like acknowledge the comment that you made about being a woman of color who dates mostly white guys and just like acknowledge the reality of the fact that that the way that white men treat women of color mm-hmm. that you are feeling is 100% real too, right? right? Like like to be clear, yes, white men tend to date people women of color in a way that isn't looking towards long-term relationships, right? Because of like the inherent racism that they carry with them, the white supremacy that they bring into their relationships, right? And so like, I can only imagine how much more discouraging it must be to be a woman of color dating white dudes who are continuing to like show up for you in a piss poor way. Mm. So like- Oh, that reinforces the narrative. Absolutely. It reinforces the narrative. And also that narrative in society writ large is very true. So like- Yes, that is true. Men are awful. White dudes are awful. White dudes treat women of color very poorly. And also, there is hope, right? There is the there is the possibility of of amazing love with someone who's going to be able to meet those things that you are asking for and just like treat you really right. So I understand how painful this is and how difficult this is and also want to say to you that Go, going into this with a bit more hope or going into this with a bit more satisfaction that you are not necessarily coming up against bad men and not meeting your goal, that you are actually affirming your goal by weeding mm, out the bad men. Beautiful. Love that. <laughs> that will hopefully help you see this a little bit differently so that it's not so painful and that, yes. and that you spend less time reinforcing this narrative of all men are awful and I'm never going to get what I want to say. I'm doing the work and I'm going to get what I want because I keep weeding out the men who aren't able to be there for me. We don't want you to change your standards at all. Um, We're just hopefully empowering you to look at this process just from a different angle. um, Absolutely. And to reclaim that, that story. All right. Thank you so much for writing. We're fucking huge fans of you. (laughs) (laughs) We think you're awesome. Uh, We love you and thank you so much. All right, everyone, this brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is when we try and set you up with something that we think you're really going to like. This week, we want to send you home with... Okay, it is... Are you ready for this? It's an astrology app. (laughs) (laughs) But let me tell you, uh, I don't think of it as an astrology app. Um, It's called The Pattern. Have you heard of it? I have, yes. Have you used it? I have, yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, um, I just downloaded it maybe, I don't know, four weeks ago per a suggestion from someone I saw online. And um, I want to I want to speak authentically to why I'm drawn to it. And it honestly has literally nothing to do with astrology or, or my sign. Um, I just really like it because uh, one, the you get like um, 
daily um, patterns or things to be aware of very, very similarly to um, like a horoscope, but um, they're fucking super uncanny, like Mm -hmm. to what's going on in your life. Um, And my, honestly, my favorite thing, you know, I'm a words person. I'm a writer. I like to um, read self-help things. And I like that they are, they expand a little bit more beyond the traditional horoscope and they don't Mm -hmm. feel like a horoscope. No, um, like not trying to yuck anyone else's yum. Um, I just don't connect with horoscopes and I, I typically don't connect with a lot of astrology stuff. But this stuff, this more than anything, the writing has been very thoughtful and um, uh, applicable to my life. And I just thought that uh, some of our Just Breakup listeners would enjoy it. Um, I could pull up something on my app right now. Um, so you put in like your name, your date of birth, where you were born and at what time. So it is like based off your astrological chart, but it doesn't, it's not like Gemini's are fucking hot messes who trash everyone's life. You know, I read Uh enough of that when I was younger. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Instead, it shows you um, uh, different patterns that are, that might be manifesting in your life um, at the current time. Um, Like uh, right now it has your pattern for the day that we recorded this episode was you're being reminded that time is going by with or without you. You can either adapt by growing and accepting the direction in which you're being pushed or you can resist, but you're being asked to rely less on your desire for constant change or your need to be different. And then you can Mm. click this button, which is my favorite thing that says, it says go deeper. So then it kind of through a couple, you know, like five to 10 slides unpacks this idea for you. And I'm just, I'm so words oriented. It just the package, the design of it, the idea that it comes off not as an astrological chart, but somehow applies perfectly to my cosmic life. <laughs> I have uh-huh. really enjoyed it, unpacking it or excuse me, unpacking, uh, using it for the past couple of weeks. So I thought you'd enjoy it. enjoy it. It's called it's an app. You can download it for free. It's called The Pattern. Awesome. Love that. And also. The blind date from last week is also the blind date for this week, which is register to vote. Oh, Research yes. your candidates. Vote early. Vote by mail. Vote in your drop boxes. Vote in person. Do whatever you need to do to uh, make your voice heard in this election. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Breakup Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions at... Uh, about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Absolutely. Please follow Just Break Up on Spotify, which is where you can get episodes every Monday exclusively on Spotify. And please consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you will get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally keeps the mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, producing by our good friend, Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you are capable of distinguishing your needs from the needs of others. You can release whatever promise you made to the past to distrust who you truly are. You don't need to ask anyone else's opinion. You don't need to seek approval elsewhere. Your answers are within you. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>